Hey, to the point listeners, enjoy this episode with my man, Paul Reed. Such a good dude, runs a great business out of Colorado, Northwest Roofing Company. And yes, I said roofing doesn't mean you need to stop listening now. It's actually much bigger than that because what he's done is utilized his past, his experience, his company to do something much greater, much better. And he created Roofers in Recovery with the buddy his, and they have helped lots of people. So I love his story. I hope you enjoyed. This was live from RoofCon at the end of last year. Enjoy. This is To The Point, a Rhino experience, voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts, cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up To The Point listeners? It's your boy, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, Cristiano, along with my co-host, my guest co-host, live at RoofCon 2021, The Jeff. How you doing, buddy? What is going on, Chris? I got to say, I'm super excited about our guest today. I know. We've been talking about this guy. and even We've been talking about you behind your back, Paul. How you feel about that? <laughs> That's all right. It's not <laughs> the been, first time. We've been talking about you behind your back. In a good way, Paul. Yeah, in a good way. Hey, listeners, we got an amazing human being on the show today. I can't wait to hear his story, too. His name is Paul Reed. He is the owner and partner in Northwest Roofing, but even more importantly, the founder of Roofers in Recovery. Paul, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you for having me on, man. I'm honored to be on today. I'm excited. I told yes. you that pre-podcast. You yes. can tell. Like, I'm excited. I'm a passionate guy, man. So yeah. when I get in it, when I get on one, we're going to go down whatever Paul, path how you feeling? Are you nervous? You feeling good? What's I'm up? ready to go, man. man. I'm excited. There's just something about this. Can we have some fun? Can we have some fun? Let's go. We're going to have some fun. Chris will be here, but can we, you and I have I some fun? You. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> when you work with the Jeff, you got to have thick skin. Yeah. I love it. Say, hey, uh, you know, our guest today and I have a lot in common. You know why we have a lot in common? Because we have a monster heart for giving back. And, uh, and I know that Jeff feels the same way, too. But, um, you know, but you also have this successful business. And I want to make sure our listeners hear kind of what your story is and how we usually like to lead this thing in is we just have you say, uh, you know, how did you get into the trades? And then where is the business at today? So we'll start with that and then I'll get into the roofers re- with uh, roofers and recovery stuff. Well, I'll tell you why. They both kind of tie together. Well, then let's talk about let's it together. It. So tell me the story. Paul. I have been in the roofing industry now. This is my 29th year. Wow. So when I was 18 years old, um, I grew up on a farm and ranch, Southern Colorado. I grew up on a farm. There we go. And my intention was to work on a farm, ranch, drive a truck, because that's what my family did. I had a cousin, one oddball cousin, that was a roofer. We all have one. Right. He was a roofer. <laughs> my cousin goes and gets arrested. He took a check from a cop, of all people, and he spent the check on a crack run. Oh. Gets arrested. My dad goes and bails him out of jail and tells me on Monday, he's like, you need to go help your cousin on Monday put that roof on. I'll pay you. You don't have any money. I'll pay you to do that. I go out with my cousin. We put a roof on, and I was home. I was home. I was like, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. I don't know that that's a common story. No. That you went to go put a roof on, and you felt at home. I felt at home. <laughs> Revelation right away, right? Hey, yes. Hey, in all, in all transparency, I've put on, I think, nine roofs because I do a home build. Every, every year I go doing home build and I've done the roofing and it's a small like 20 yeah. by 30 thing and I didn't want to do all that. So I did not I, feel at home on the roof. I have something wrong with me. I was <laughs> dropped as a baby. I don't know. I was at home though on that roof. Chris didn't want to carry his backpack in here. Can you imagine trying to do a That's roof? True. Oh, That's yeah. true. Yeah. A bundle of shingles would kill them. <laughs> 100 percent You see how big I am, right? Like I'd be in trouble. Okay. So uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. I'm sorry. No, so I, I was I was at home, man. I was on that roof, and I was like, this is where I want to be the rest of my life. But what came with that was 
part of the reason I was at home was because we got to drink beer and smoke weed all day got long it. on top of that roof. Got it. Okay. And so for the next 15 years. Starting to be clear now. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Get so them together. The, for the next 15 years of my life, I was that guy on the roof drinking beer, smoking weed. Progressively got worse. You know, the weed turned into cocaine. Harder. Yeah, a little harder. Ran that for a long time. Then eventually got into meth. That's a that's a gnarly one. That's a gnarly one. That's the yeah. devil's drug. That I always one. tell them, kids, stay away from that one. That's that's the devil's drug. That's the one. That's the one that will get you. So, um, 14 years ago, I don't know what happened. Ended up in the emergency room, and next thing I know, I was in a mental hospital, and that was the time I was like, something needs to change. So, been sober 14 years after that, but that's how I got into roofing is because nice I have job, a, cra- I have hey, a crack congratulations. Cousin. Congrats, yeah. man. Yeah, thank you. Holy shit. Talk about coming out of the gate with a bang. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I love that. Man, thank you for being like so vulnerable to share that. I'm sure you've shared that story. It's actually part of what makes it powerful is yeah. you being willing to share it because people, everybody slips up. I Listen, mean, I'm not alone, brother. There's been other guys like that, right? And, 100%. And that stigma of like, I'm embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed, man. I was in a mental hospital 14 I, years ago. You can't let it have that kind of power on you anyway. No. Like, no. Or, or the worst thing you could do is not use it to make an impact. The worst thing right. you could do is take that experience that actually turned you into a better human being and not use it and share it with somebody to Absolutely. impact them. I, I love how you've taken ownership over it. I can tell, and it doesn't own you. So kudos for that. Yeah, thank you. And I just feel like if one person can relate to that and go, you know what? That guy made it. So that guy made it because look where he was 14 years ago. Look at him now. I want to do that. That's that's all it's about, that one guy. I, and I'm sure it's way more than one guy. So again, I love the way that you own it. I mean, there is a stigmatism and mental health and alcoholism and you know addiction in general. Yeah. Uh, we have a bad stigmatism, but people that take ownership over it uh, can break the generational cycles. So again, kudos. Right. Okay, so let's keep going. So, so the business progresses. Like, where are you? So, where are you at? Like, I need to take right. me on. Keep, keep yeah, me going down this path. Story, right? Keep me going down this path. I need so, to start to fill the gaps. Fourteen years ago, I go to a rehab in Denver, Colorado. I grew up in Southern Colorado, um, so I was about five hours away from the big city. Right? I grew up small town, seven hundred people, tiny town. And <clears throat> so you were like me. Southern, Southern Colorado. Southern, Southern Colorado, on the New Mexico border. Yeah, you're close. You're close to me too. Yeah. So from there, I went to work in, um, in Denver. I met a guy at rehab that, uh, I was kind of that guy at rehab, it's 30 day rehab, that I just thought I just needed to go and rest and sleep and you know, I'd be fine, I'd go home and I could drink still and you know, maybe not use meth, but I could use lighter drugs like yeah, heroin or you know, cocaine. You know? It's better. Just not, yeah, it's better, it's better for you. Yeah, it's better for you. So that, I was that guy. But day 27, um, I was gonna say, God grabbed me on day 27 and said, there's a better way. And at that day, I became willing to do whatever it took. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you. Because I want to make sure I really get the most out of that statement you just made. You said, God grabbed me. Um, in what way? Like, did you? was it something you just felt it? It was audibly, you saw something and you knew, like, can you help me understand that moment? Yeah. I want to I want to experience it with you, man. Big. I didn't want to just. I want to experience yeah. it with you. All right. So there was a girl that came into rehab the exact same day that I did. She was a meth addict as well. She was from Wyoming. And when we were in rehab, we became kind of friends. We kind of bonded a little bit because, you know, she was a meth addict and, you know, we just 
kind of bonded over that. And there was nothing, you know, like romantic wise. We just were friends. But on day 27, we were in a class, and I looked over, and she was glowing. She was literally glowing. And she had, like, and what that was, it was life that was back in her. Like, that day. The aura. The, the aura, aura of life. There was just life. You could tell because we were zombies, dude. We were zombies. And she had life to her, and there was something. I'm getting chills right now thinking you about it. goosebumps. Joy of the Lord. Yes. And... I immediately broke down. I started bawling. I'm talking like ugly cry. Dude, you were so close to your 30 days too. But well, you said yeah. 27? On day 27. I was almost out. You were right there. I was right there. And I started bawling. And I like, I ran, I was dramatic. I ran out of the classroom, right? And the counselor follows me out like, what's wrong? You know, what's going on? And all I could say was, I want what she has. I didn't know what it was. At this time, like, you know, looking back, I knew it was like life came back into her, like God touched her. And I was like, I want that. That's what I want. And all he could tell me was like, are you willing to do whatever it takes? I said, yes, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. So from there, he goes, I need you to go live in a sober living house. Because I was just going to go home. So what that meant was I lived in a sober living house, four bedroom sober living house with 24 other dudes. Wow. Okay. And... (laughs) Wow. Go work for this company because he knew somebody that was in recovery that owned a roofing company. He says, go work for this company and they'll, they'll hire you. So I went and I got a job with them. They paid me $250 a week to run production. I was a production manager. Sheesh. All I could do at that point in my life was just kind of keep my head down and work. We were doing 15 roofs every day and I was making $250 a week. A week? Wow. And the sober living house cost me $375 a month. I smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. And I drank a 12-pack of Mountain Dew a day. <laughs> Mountain Dew, there you go. And so I didn't have it's anybody. Not, it's, not a, it's not balancing out. No. It doesn't seem so, right. But I'll tell you why. God made sure I had Mountain Dew and cigarettes, and I had enough money to pay that sober living house. Dude, that's better than the alternative. That was the, right. that was the switch. You know what I wonder is, like, how many signs did you miss in the first, 27, or the first 26 days? Oh, 270, right? Like, every day I miss something. Yeah, be, yeah because if you're not looking and you're not looking for it it's kind of hard to see sometimes it's even hard to understand because i think a lot of times you know this is something i've uh, you know in, in my walk as i've kind of shared with you a little bit is that I've, i never have ever heard anything audibly ever but i get signs that are like affirmation for me yep. and it happens to me frequently enough that i know like it's a that it's um yes i'm doing the right thing yes i'm doing the right thing and that's how i wouldn't step but i know there's tons of stuff that i've missed along the way that i probably wish i would have caught sooner Yes. So I just make me wonder. I'm like sitting there thinking through through your process that first 26 days. I'm like, man, how much shit did you miss? Oh, but you caught it on the right day. I caught it on the you right caught day. Caught it on the right day. I had made my plans, you know, to go back home. Yeah, and, dude, you're gonna go yeah. back home and do some drinking again. Yeah. Like, hey, I can, I'm just gonna do some drinking, and uh, that, by the way, was going to go right back down the same path. Oh, instantly. Yeah. The definition of insanity. Yes. Over and over. <laughs> do the same thing over and over again, expecting something different. Okay, so now you so now you're back into roofing. You're smoking uh, cigarettes and you're drinking Mountain Dew. Yes, and I'm I'm working at a company. Working at a company. Two hundred fifty dollars a week, and at this point, I'm just going, God, I I trust you, right? Because you you did it made feel this happen. Good? Even though I mean, did it feel good, or were you like, ah, damn, like this is tight, or like wh- how were you feeling about all this? I was just in trying to trust God at this point because I'm telling you, before I went into rehab, I was using about $500 a day in dope. Wow. And I'm going, I'm using $500 a day in dope, you know, a month ago. 
now I make $250 a week. I don't know what you got planned, God, but like. Seems a little weird. Speed it up, God. Right. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm running out of cigarettes and Mountain Dew here. Like, something <laughs> needs to happen. And I just kept my head down. And I, I went to work and I, I prayed every single day and just, I trusted in the process. And from that point on, I eventually, I made partner in that company and we were doing about $30 million what? a year. Wait, in wait, two wait, years, wait, 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 I made wait, partner. Wait, that you, was a jump. Hang on a second. Yeah. I got to pull you back in, okay? And this happens often. <laughs> so, um, because I need to, I like timelines and I like to understand like some of that path because that's a monster jump from $250 yeah. <laughs> to that. So, what help me with the timeline so the year that you are starting back in and you're making the 250 is what 2007 2007 okay so right before 08 <laughs> right before 08 you remember 08 right? oh yeah oh yeah yeah so um so okay so then take me through that timeline so you go into 08 like there's people didn't make it through it no i i remember you know yes that first I'm going to call it a year because I think I got to raise like $350 that Ooh, first year. Look at you. I was balling. I was balling. I could buy a case of Mountain Dew at that could point. You go, could you go get a, a Chrysler LeBaron Mercedes hybrid car? <laughs> did you hear that <laughs> I story? Did. That was awesome. <laughs> That's I, pretty awesome. Yeah, I was close to getting that. And I, I made, yeah, we. I just, literally I trusted the process. I said, I can't run my life. If it's left up to me, left to my own devices, it doesn't work. So... Here you go. Whoever it was that was in front of me, like I just listened to everyone. And I probably got a lot of bad advice along the way, but I got a lot of great advice. Sure. I just listened to everybody. Like my ideas weren't ideas that anybody should listen to. Especially me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> especially me. I was bad advice. It didn't get you in a good place to begin no. with. So we started, you know, we had great success and I actually made I don't know. The guy came in one day and he's like, "You, I've never seen anybody work like you. I've never seen anybody be as devoted as you. And I want to give you 20% of my company. And I'm talking, we're doing 30 million a year. That's God. That's God. Right. <clears throat> okay. That's I mean, hard to relate to that type of a story. Yeah. It's it, exceptional. There's no it's, explanation. You yeah. need equity. Boom. Right. What did that do to your mindset? Were you like, holy crap? Or were you like, this... Thank you. I'm gonna go. I'm Thank gonna you. I'm gonna go. Let's let's go. Right. And so that actually went. Story gets a little crazier. Went another couple years. Okay. And me and that guy at the time, we had a we had a parting. We had some issues going on. I probably had issues too. Right. I had my my share of the blame as well. And we split the sheets. All right. And so here it is in 2012. Okay. At this point, right. 2012. And now here I am. I went from making $250 a week to being part owner of a $30 million a year roofing company to the next day, nothing. And I was like, all right, God, you've put me through it. And I'm with you. You're with me, most importantly. And where do we go from here? So I go, I'll just start my own company. And we're going to go back home to the southern Colorado because I know where there are a bunch of old T-lock shingles and we could just go sell. No one's ever did insurance work in my town. We could go in there and crush oh. it. So within 30 days, I had sold over a million dollars worth of roofs. Wow. And my wife, it was me and my wife, we sold, 30, we sold a million dollars worth of roofs. And I'm going, God, thank you, God. Like, this is amazing. You know, you've really watched out for us. 
we're building a job and I get a phone call and it was from a guy out of Denver that we weren't real close at all. Like we weren't friends, we weren't buddies. And I remember looking at the phone and I go, why is this guy calling me? You know, you ever got one of those phone calls, you're like, I don't really want to talk to this yep. guy. And so, so that's kind of like when Jeff calls me. Right. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> voicemail. Straight so to voicemail. The phone rings, excuse me, the phone rings like five times. Finally, I was like, ah, whatever. I'll see what he wants. Yep. I answer it. And I was like, in my toughest voice I could use, hello, what do you want? You know? <laughs> and he goes, hey, um, it's Tom. Okay. Hey, Tom. Yeah, what are you doing, Tom? <laughs> You're trying to be a badass. Right, I'm trying to be a badass yeah. and showing, like, you know, what are you calling me for? Look at me, man. I just sold a million dollars yeah, in yeah, yeah. 30 days. Yeah. And he goes, I don't know why I'm calling you. I'm literally sitting here on the side of the street eating an ice cream cone, but I had a feeling I needed to call you and I want to partner up with you. And I go, okay. And he goes, no, really, I want, I want to partner up with you. I don't know what you got going on in life right now, but I just have this overwhelming feeling that we need to partner. And so that's Northwest Roofing, so that's Tom Brown, that's my current partner. Got it. Right? And very successful company at the time. He didn't need me to be his partner. He didn't need cash equity, like nothing. He just goes, I want you to come in and here is 33% of my company. Damn. Are we sensing a pattern here? Third? Sensing a pattern. So I'm going, uh, you know, I'm doing doing okay. I'm doing good. We just, you know, I'm calculating the money. We sold a million dollars of roofs, support the roof. So that means I'm going to make, you know, X. So I already knew, you know, kind of was in the pipeline and all this, but it just weighed on me. I told him to kind of get him off my back because he kind of went, I sensed he was doing a God thing. Like that, that was God telling him, like I knew. So to get him off my back, I said, tell you what, I'll pray about it. And that got him off the phone, right? And he's like, okay. So the next morning, I was like, maybe I should pray about that one. Like, really pray about it. Maybe I should really pray about it. So I did. And it was overwhelming. Like, this is what you should do. So now I have to go turn and tell my wife, like, hey, you know that company we started a month ago? Yeah, about that. We're merging it with Northwest Roofing. Yeah, that's exceptional. I love that you came in hard to that call and ended with, let me pray about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I went from that's like, the ultimate takeaway. Hold on, let me take that off the table right now. Yeah. Went from like threatening his life to saying, let me pray about doing business with you. Um, what, I mean, to happen once, but twice? Yeah. That's not, that's not a coincidence. It's no. not a coincidence. And 20 that's not, that's to 33%. Not, oh, my gosh. To 33%. Now we're actually 5149, but he's 51. So he's still my boss. Still have a boss. Understood. Understood. <laughs> we all have bosses. Yes. So, what is your role in the like? What is your role in the business today? Like, what is it that you're in, like in charge of? So, my my passion is really like service, yeah. right? So, what I love doing is I'm still involved, like literally in in all our sales. So, we transitioned from a residential roofing company. We used to be one of the larger residential guys in Denver to now we're one of the larger commercial companies. I have some big customers in Denver. Yeah, HVAC and plumbing players, but so it's a great market. It is. It is. So we, my role was, he's going to run the day-to-day, you know, the office stuff, because I'm not an office guy. I'm, I'm an old roofer that, you know, was 
smoking weed and drinking beer on top of the roof. So like, I'm more comfortable there than I am. But in we've, the stopped that. we've stopped. We've stopped that, stopped that 14 years ago. So my role is is really kind of client relations. Okay. And uh, relationships. I'm huge on relationships. It's That's, a relationship business. It's a relationship business, and most people miss that mm-hmm. aspect. They're all about sales. Yep. I say this all the time to people. I have not sold a roof in probably eight or nine years. But I've built relationships that I've never done less than $4 million a year personally in commercial roof sales or residential sales. Can I take a guess on um, on how that happened? Go ahead, yeah. So I'll bet you that it probably happened because you genuinely care about trying to take care of that person so you're not selling anything you're just educating them on what they need because you genuinely believe that that's what needs to happen then you that you are the one to take care of them this is what you've been given to get to serve with and you're going to take care of them because you genuinely care that builds a relationship because it's emotion you're, you're able to connect emotion because you're not faking it with some sales presentation no that's exactly you created it. a meaningful relationship first you influenced the right way with the right genuinely care i think is the best marketing tactic ever is to do that but that's how you're able to create a meaningful relationship people Absolutely. want to do business with people that they like they built a relationship yeah. with even before because y'all you, you do the same thing as everybody else so why they pick you right well no one likes to be sold. Of course not. You know, I'll tell you what, though. I don't like to be sold. And I'm I'm naturally a salesperson. That's the gift I've been given. Um, I've gotten really good at marketing because I know how to create emotion because I'm a passionate guy. And I feel all this. I'm a very empathetic guy. So I feel, I feel, I feel emotions about people. Like I think, oh, if I do this, how would that make me feel? And then I make decisions based on that. Right or wrong, that's how I roll. But um, shit, where was I going with that? Hang on a second. What did you just say? About relationships. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Damn it, I had a good topic. I was going to hit on it. I messed myself up. Carry on with the story. And when I remember it here, like three seconds later, I'll, I'll interrupt you and then I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So that's, that's the focus of our company is they're building relationships and experiences for our customers. And we truly try to partner with our clients. Got so... It. And that, because that's the thing, we have to understand our clients. That's part of sales, right? So when I say I haven't sold the roof, I don't know if that's actually a true statement, like, because that's part of the whole process, but I'm more focused on the relationship. Sales are going to happen. Sales and education. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I wish I could remember what I was going to say. I know it was really good. Are you tying into branding strategy? No, it wasn't that, but I'll, it'll come up and I'll, I'll think about it. I was almost there, like when you said something, I was like, oh, and I was like, no, but I don't got it. So, question: What sets you guys apart? I mean, every, like Chris said earlier, everyone does roofs, commercial roofs, residential. What sets you guys apart in the marketplace? I think it's different with every client. Yeah, I'm super intentional. The listeners will word. probably get sick of the word because I'm, no, I'm going to say intentional that, that partnership and relationships like way too much, but it's it's true. I'm super intentional with every client because I feel 
every client is different. I don't feel that there's one whole marketing thing that I could just use that's going to work for everybody. So I'm super intentional with everybody. So what sets us apart is I learn my customer. So thank God because of like, uh, I'm horrible on the computer, like I can't get on and like make an Excel spreadsheet or anything like that. But what I'm really good at is I will stock a guy down and I will see that you're a fan of the Baltimore Ravens. You like to fish. You love golfing. You have three kids that go to Stanley Lake High School. And so I customize my marketing to every client. We're intentional with the customer that we are targeting. And I learn everything I possibly can about that client. And get emotionally connected to them. Yeah. Man after my own heart. Wouldn't they be a Broncos fan? Yeah, very Broncos yeah. fan. I think I just said the Ravens because the Broncos are playing the Ravens on Sunday. Uh-huh. Going to the game tomorrow, so. <laughs> after Elway's gone, I mean, who are the Broncos on? Yeah, you mean you know. Manning? Manning. Yeah. And we got Teddy. Ah. Touchdown right. Teddy. Yeah. Touchdown That's Teddy. Right. That's right. That's right. Um, Go Cardinals. Just forgot to throw that out there. That's right. 3-0. 3-0. <laughs> 3-0. So I do want to talk about brand, though. Um, you know, what's interesting is that I've uh, recently tried to acquire a branding company um, because I believe a lot in it, and we're not a branding agency. Um, but I, but I, do, I do know this, that um, brand matters in two, in two ways. And really, it was super exposed during COVID. Like, yeah. if, if you didn't focus on your brand, COVID certainly exposed that, I believe. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, so brand equity is a thing that you have to pay attention to. And it's almost like... It seems like it's so far away because it kind of is like, you don't just say, sweet, I, I do a rebrand or I change my brand and like, boom, it works because it doesn't work that way. <clears throat> it's a uh, brand consistency matters. Like you got to constantly keep putting it in people's face, but it's got to be backed by something greater than just you being a roofer. It's got to be backed by credibility. It's got to be backed by reviews. It's got to be backed by a good intent and like uh, and, and being genuine. Like I said, genuinely care. There's a lot behind the brand. So like the image itself is one thing, but what's behind it is what really matters. The story behind it, if you will, is what matters because that's the connector. But you've got to do it and you can't ignore it. And it also helps not only in sales as you go on, it also helps with recruiting because you've got this brand that does that does good. You're great in the market. It's a bigger company and you can entice people to want to come and at least talk with you and then they hear your story and that's the hook. Right. So how, um, how has the brand, like, I don't know because I'm not certain of the industry in regards to roofing in the Denver market. Um, how is is the Northwest brand equity in that market? And how like how much do you think that, I mean, what's the importance to you of brand and how good is your brand equity in that in the market? I think we're probably one of the most underbranded companies there are. And I'll, I'll give you a couple Wait examples. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Did you see the slide? Were you in there when I put the slide up to show the top competitors? I was. That I think I put Denver on there. You did. And were you on there? Oh, no. No. But there's something to this. So there's two parts of the story. Okay. So we're in, we're in Arizona, right? Where's Arizona? That's in the southwest part of the United States. That's right. You know my name of my company is in Arizona? Okay. Northwest Roofing. Ain't going to work. Okay. <laughs> That's my point. That, to... to I hear what you're saying. Did you hear me bring that up? I did. I, <laughs> I know what you're saying. I'm not so concerned about my brand being like on billboards and, and all these things. Sure. I am concerned about building what I call a raving fan network that does all my marketing for me, that, that my brand, that I could be successful being in Northwest Roofing in Arizona in the Southwest. Sure. Okay. So I'm intentional in every market I'm in of like, what do I want to do? Do I want to do $5 million a year down here? And I figure that out with them. And so I go out and I intentionally find my, my targeted customers. And I'm Northwest Roofing. 
and I go and I find one customer that I can make a raving fan out of it. I wonder, okay? I wonder if you do more business in like Peoria, Sun City. Because <laughs> then you can almost That's play it off question. like your Northwest your Northwest Phoenix. Yes. That's that's my, this is my marketing brain gig again. Sorry. I interrupted you again. No, that's I'm bad at interrupting, I apologize. I was worried about that, right, with the Northwest, but my goal is to find that one person that's gonna be a raving fan of me. Yep. And then what I call it from there, they are my third party validation. Got it. If I could make them be a raving fan of me and I'm intentional, like I, I pick off a big dog in the Phoenix market that does he has a ton of properties and everybody knows them. And so I go in and I serve them and they're a great client and I'm a great partner for them. Now I use those people as my third party validation to yep. the next customer. Call so-and-so. Yes, Ask call them. them. Everybody knows that company. <laughs> yep. Call them, I do work for them. They're a raving fan of me. And so that's, that's the branding that Got I do. It. And it's probably super unconventional. I'm just very I'm intentional with our goals of what we're gonna do in this market. You know, are we leaving money on the table and, and could it be bigger if I had you know, if I was Southwest Roofing of Arizona, probably so. But I, I just have certain goals. I'm not trying to be the biggest. I want to get what we're capable of serving. Got it. So that's actually something very common to what we do. Um, like I told you before, we're so heavy HVAC and plumbing and electrical. It's been 14 years of doing those things. And now we're starting to segue into roofing. Well, every, every time I've gotten into a new vertical, I've done a similar thing where we'll take on a small group of roofing contractors across the United States, and then we will crush it for them, measure everything, because I measure everything, so they know exactly what we did, and then we lean on them. As we're, tar- as we're starting to grow the business and scale the business, because you know, we're in the United States, Canada, and Australia, and my goal is to be in all English-speaking markets, but I use them as my advocates to progress. So I say, hey, now I get somebody that's up in the Twin Cities that wants to come on board with us. I have so-and-so over in, uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. Give them a call. Ask them how, we, how we've done for them. And that's what I've always used as kind of raving fans. We call them our advocacy, our advocate program. Right. And it's making advocates of the business based on what we're actually doing for them, but then making sure they actually know what right. they're doing for them. So similar thing, I think it's actually a really great, you know, it's a really great thing because the name Rhino in the roofing industry has minimal brand equity. I'm right. building it right now. Like this is what we're doing. It's just worth the infancy phases. In the other side of that world, we have a monster brand equity, which is good for our business because I don't have, like, we even now built that thing. But we also used it by having raving fans. Right. I love the raving fans. I, that's the key to our whole success is we create raving fans, but not only in, for our customers, we have to be intentional to create raving fans of our staff. 100%. Thank you for saying that. And then you got to take it one step further. You have to make a raving fan out of your staff's family. That's good. Yes. Yeah, that's, I heard that that's this good. week. I'm telling that. you, this is, this is a game changer. So what are the biggest issues that most people have with their salesman? Well, their wife is mad because, you know, they didn't bring home a check that week because they're commission-based or blah, blah, blah. So what happens? They're in a big fight. The guy comes to work on Monday. He's not worth the darn because he's been fighting with his wife he's all week because, because she hates the company he works for. So if I could focus on that and I could make sure that the wife and the kids and everybody are raving fans of the company and they're supporting him and they're cheering him on, it's a game changer. That's good. I like that. That's it's good. huge. How many, are you married? I am. Okay. Is your wife a raving fan of your company? 100%. She's our COO. <laughs> and she has to be. She, she, is. she has to be. Right. But if you look at, you start breaking that down into your key people, are their spouses a raving fan of the company? If yeah. they're not, you've yeah, got to figure out how to fix that 
because if you're able to fix that, I promise you that guy's performance at work is going to be 10x. 100%. This is culture on steroids. We've heard culture, 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 but you've taken it a step further. Yeah, so you get, well, as you're talking about it, I'm sitting here thinking through like, who are the spouses that are raving fans of my company? We, um, we interviewed our staff and we found that like at one point, like half of them were not a raving fan of the company. And that was a huge issue. Okay, why aren't they not? Well, she's mad because, like, you know, that commission check, because, you know, a lot of the guys were on commission. Yeah. I didn't get paid for, you know, four weeks. Okay, well, how can we fix that? Yeah. You know, can we, can we do a draw, you know, whatever. How can we fix this? Once we fix those issues, things started to flourish. Hey, can I ask you a question? That as I'm, like, writing this thing out, I'm literally making a note for myself to do something like this. How, how honest do you think the feedback was is there any like concern of them being like well i don't want to say something wrong that jeopardizes your job do you feel like when you did the interviews with the families that you're getting honest feedback that's a great question and that was a concern of mine because most people did walk in and they were like oh everything's good my yeah my wife loves you and it's all good and kids love you it's got to be in how you ask the i question. started it it is how you ask a question because i started to go listen here's why we're doing it i personally discovered that my wife was not a raving fan of northwest roofing that's a problem that's a problem. Yeah. And so I explained that. Here's why my wife was not a fan of Northwest Roofing. Because I was treating Northwest Roofing like I was a brain surgeon. Like people's lives were in my hands. I wasn't saving anybody's lives. You know, we were providing a service and a value for like our, for not only our customers, but like our employees. That's but I, I, was, I was working at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, 5 o'clock in the morning. I see what you're saying. And I'm cranky and I'm pissed off. And yeah. my wife was not a raving fan because I'm giving everything to Northwest Roofing and I'm only half-ass at home. But the intention was good. The intention, the intention was, good. was to do good for my family. Right. But no balance. But no balance. So I explained to the guys, like, here's my experience. My wife was not a fan of the company because of these reasons. I'm working on fixing that. At that point let their guard down, and then they could tell you exactly what's going on at their house. So follow-up, I, I love studying people, and this is very fascinating. So did you find that the level of satisfaction of the spouses went up with tenure or it went down? Because that Dude. talks a lot to your culture, doesn't it? Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. That's that's a good measure. Is that like a, a 2.0 steroids question? Yeah, that's a good I one. I want to know I might, because... I'm going to go look at that. The longer people are with your company, they should feel better because you poured into them. You invested well, and into and they've them. been through that growth and they've yeah. seen what you said and they've been a part of those Well, their changes. life should be better every year that they're there. But that's if, true. if they start to feel worse, yeah. then you know you have a culture problem. That's a great... Is that a 2.0? Yeah. Do, we need to, do we need to get offset and talk about that later? <laughs> I think so. All right. <laughs> now I'm worried. Paul, oh, you're my boy. We're going to talk. Paul's like, I was feeling good up to about two seconds ago. Yeah. It just popped in my mind. I'm like, yeah. that's a lever, you know, tenure. How, how is it? How have you poured into your people? And if they've been there longer, it should go up. Yes. It Absolutely. should feel like owners of your company. Yes. This is it. interesting. So let me ask a couple other questions. I think we're about 35 minutes into this podcast. And honestly, we completely derailed off yeah. our normal questions but I'm <laughs> sorry but, but no 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 this is better no but when we do that it's because it's that good that I'm like let's just keep going yeah. so um, so I'm grateful that we're do- going down this path we just uncovered something like I just learned something and took a note on the podcast that I had to remind myself to go and, and do so thank you for sharing that with me um, I really hope it goes well <laughs> Amy, I got Amy a lot if of, you're listening I hope you love Ryan I got, a lot, inter- I got a lot of interviews to go through wow. so I'm going to figure out how to plan that out so um, let's do this, too, because I, I want to make sure that 
you do you mean the people the people side of the business is obviously extremely important you got to have really satisfied you know employees and, and i will tell you i think it's actually the hardest thing to manage as the business has grown for me is just managing the people because you're juggling a lot of different things and trying to make sure that everybody's and the best thing we've been able to do is just you put different kpis in place and you manage those kpis and you care about them you give them the opportunity to educate themselves every single month so they're constantly getting better for themselves but the better they are the smarter you are for yourself the better you are for our customers you better are for one another We've tried to build this culture of everybody. Like like I talk about when we go and serve somewhere, like one Friday a month, if you looked at that, if I looked at that from just straight payroll hours, like what am I spending in all these in all these salaries for them to go and do nothing for my business, I would be like, oh, dear Lord. Like, because right. it's, it's a lot. That's the short-sighted vision. If I look at it long-term, these guys are going and serving together to give something to somebody else that has nothing to do. Like, it's not going to give them anything other than to feed their souls and their hearts. Right. But what that does do is that people don't leave. We got we, people don't leave. Then people want to come and work for our business, and that's genuinely what we want. So they care about one another. They're educating themselves. We go and do things together. We pull their families into the Christmas party. We go all out in the Christmas party, and I try to communicate with as many of the families as we can while we're there. And it's my time to try and make that connection. But what I'm hearing you say is like, I don't know that that's enough. I don't know that that's enough for me to do in a year's time frame. I think I have to do something different because we do like we do quarterly team builders. We fly our out of state employees in, and we do this thing. But it's just the team. It's not their families or nothing like that. I think you, I think if you're intentional with with you have to understand that your biggest customer is actually your employees. They're your number one customer. Right. Your employees and their spouses apparently. And their spouses. Yeah. I mean, think about how many times someone's having issues at home that it affects their work. That's true. And if working for your company is what is the number one cause of their issues at home, you've got a problem at your company. Dude, I'm telling you, like, this is deep. This this got this got good. Quick. And I'm not perfect at it, right? We we're intentional. We try it. And there's some stuff that slides and you know whatever. But the times that we are 100% intentional with that, it makes all the difference in the world. And I'm telling you, like, because their kids are their kids are a fan. Their 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 kids are wanting to wear a Northwest roofing shirt to school to take a school picture you know that's yep. that's what it's about and at that point that's now creating true culture because how else do you tr- create culture because we we have fun things too and we take them you know let's go golfing well the wife and the kids are at home what what did they do i i think you've un, un i think you've discovered something that we haven't talked about at all this week this is deep chris is going to have us out at rhino next month our spouses and everybody <laughs> i can see his i can see the wheels turning well and i I'm, happen to be in arizona so and paul i'm down for it i'm down for it there's food i'm gonna say look what you did paul i'm like hey everybody this is paul he's the one who made all this happen right thank here. mr reed yeah so okay well, let's, i want to wrap up by doing this and thank you again man for sharing all that stuff and thank you actually for giving me some solid some solid takeaways and one thing that i feel like i'm super blessed with this podcast is that i get to learn so much from yeah. our guests and uh, and i always like i want to try and be the dumbest guy in the room which isn't always all that hard um, but i try to be the dumbest guy in the room so that way i'm constantly trying to learn from somebody who's smarter than me so i can be better i think that's a pretty common thing that, uh, that people focus like like that are focused like me I, I have adhd so like i can only focus on one thing at a time one task at a time but when i go in i go all in on it and i'm always trying to find out what don't i know what don't i know what don't i know so when i get to do this I get to learn so much stuff, so I appreciate you sharing it. And, and it's not always like business, how to grow my business in one way. It's how, to, how do I grow my culture? How do I continue to make that better? Because without that, my business is what? It's not, that, it's not near as meaningful. So what I want the listeners to know is two more questions. Is 
Where is Northwest Roofing at today? Like, where are you guys at? Like, the size, because you're obviously not just in Denver. You're also in Arizona. Like, what size of the business are you guys managing today? So we're uh, managing today about a $30 million a year company nice. okay. on there. Um, we're down a little bit, so we've been bigger than that this year. We're a little bit down because there's no, really no storm activity in Denver. Retail market's got a little bit tougher. Arizona's been pretty good, pretty good monsoon over the last few thanks, months. Thanks so for when it rains. Thanks for that. But yeah, we're, we're about a $30 million a year company. I can fix that problem real quick. Um, <laughs> just so you know, real quick. I love to, I, where I love to live is in the shoulder, what we would call the shoulder season. I love to be the guy that wins in the hardest season. So that's why I showed that slide that shows even in the worst months what the search volume looks like. I like to go after that and then take that whole chasing the storm piece of the business out of the equation. Yeah. If you can win that game, you win. obviously you do it all. You That's how you win that game and you keep scaling. And that's what I'm hyper-focused on right now. And we're already doing an exceptional job at it. It's just way easier than I had expected it to be. So I'm like super grateful I was pulled into this. So... Um, Still, it's an amazing, amazing size company. You hit different hurdles, even all the way up from one million to three million to five million to ten million. To, like you hit these different hurdles that you have to figure out all along the way in businesses. I've been grateful to, enough to be involved in monster home services companies, which is cool to be a part of. But I really love it when the guys like, you know, sitting at a million is like, man, can I get to two? And if we can work with them, I love being able to help, to help them get to two because it's easier. Yeah. He's just not. He's just missing things. So, um, last question though is, and I love this one. What's next for you, man? Like, what is the? I, I want to know what's next for Paul Reed, and what do you want your legacy to be? I have an idea what the legacy is going to be, but what's next for the company, and what's your legacy going to be? Have you thought about what your legacy is? It's kind of crazy to think about it. Ah, man. Somebody asked me I, that question, and it rocked me one day. I was like, I think I know what my legacy. Like, I had to sit and really think, like, what do I need that to be? I, you, you rocked me because I speak a lot about legacy and impact investment and, and all these things. No one's ever asked me what my legacy, what I wanted my legacy to be, and I've never thought about that. That's and my almost, gift to you. That's my yes, gift to you. Thank you. You're welcome. And my, I, you know, my legacy, if, if I really had to say, I just want to be, you heard Ed Milet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, I spoke I right want to. I want to be the man I'm supposed to be. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what God has planned for me. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I want to be the man I'm supposed to be. Like, bottom line, but what does all that include? You know, I, I think at one point my legacy was I just wanted my kids to be proud of me because I, I messed up, you know, years ago before I got sober. And that, that was what I wanted my legacy to be. I wanted my kids to be proud of me. You know, and today they're proud of me. That's great. Today they're proud of me, so I, I got that one. What are your kids' names? Uh, we got six. What are the names? We got Logan, Jake, Kia. Mark, Callie, and Darian. Cool. Five grandkids. What, what are the What are their ages? Uh, 27, 26, 26, 24, 21. I think Mark's 22. Yeah. Good grief! You had a bunch of teenagers Young at the same time. Yeah. yeah. But you're yeah. living the good life. They're out on their own. They They're are supporting themselves. Nesters. You got grandbabies. We got grandbabies. That's Nothing cool. better. That's cool. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I think that. Um, well, here's my feeling on that is I can understand why it's hard to think about it like at, on, a, at a, on a micro level of what is that legacy. But on a macro level is you're in this discipleship thing. You've been given the, the gift of leadership. Um, you've been given the gift of having the checkered pass that you have to learn from, to speak from. Right. And you get to impact and change somebody's lives differently. You're doing it with Roofers and Recovery. Yeah. You're doing it through your employees. You're doing it through focusing on your culture. So your legacy is one where you're actually 
growing human beings, hearts and souls uh, to be good people and to give back and to just be, you know, try to be more intentional with what they're doing as human beings. Like the thing I look at is I've been given these gifts, you know, and, and sales knowledge. I love learning different sales stuff. I love learning different marketing stuff. I love, I'm very progressive. So I love chasing technology. See what else can I do next for our contractors? Cause I'm always trying to think about what can I do to help them grow? It's just so much deeper than that. Like that's just the, we exist to grow your business is the motto of my company. It sounds like it's pretty straightforward. We exist to grow your business, period. But when you unpack that, there's so much in it. And what it comes down to is what am I doing to build you as a human being? What am I doing to take my story to build you as a human being? That's what it is. That's what you're doing. That's, That's what you're yeah. doing, man. I, none of this is on accident, right? No. Like none of this is on accident. I'm, my mind is spinning. I'm sitting here going, I've got to go write that down and figure it out. But it, we've been put like guys like myself and, and I could tell, like talk to you, that God put people like us on this platform for a reason. We went through a lot of things in our previous life. Sure. Right? Because we needed those experiences. 100%. And how are we going to use this gift today to impact other people? I love, I, we, we spoke briefly about the impact investing. And that's what it's about when I start talking about like a raving fan culture, but hey, I need the wife and the kids to be raving fan. Now, you know, most people are investing. They're like, I'm gonna invest into crypto and Bitcoin and all these things. <laughs> I give a damn about those things. I want to make an investment that actually has an impact. Money's money. That doesn't matter. That's gonna come. Yep. That's just gonna come if you, you do, do the right thing. thing. Yeah, do the right thing. thing. It's gonna come. But what truly can I do to make a difference? Like, I think that's why my legacy needs to be. <laughs> I love it. Is, is I want to be the guy that is all in on impact investment. That everything I do, that I'm intentional with everything that I do, is making an effect and a difference for the people around me. Done. Thank you. You impact got it, man. Investment. There, there we go. go. That's what I'm talking about. That feels good. I got goosebumps. No, this is unlike any other podcast this, you've ever this done. This was. The best one I've been involved with. This is fantastic. Man, thanks so much for sharing the story. Like, this was, like, I, I, you could tell when I'm not interested in the podcast, it starts to come off pretty easy because I don't ask any questions. When I railroad a podcast and then ask anybody else ask questions is when you know, like, I'm all in. And you're just kind of tugging on the right strings for me. This is, we've not done a podcast like this before. And I'm so excited to actually share it and see what the impact is that comes from it. Because every time I start to feel a bit uncomfortable about posting something that's like too much about talking about your spirituality or God or whatever. I'm always like, Ugh. and then I'm like, man, that's not what I was built for. No. You just put it out there. You're just built go. to be bold, Probably. brother. Boldly people. Listen, yep. man, I appreciate your time so much and, you know, and coming over and, uh, and in everything that you're doing in the industry and for your people and with Rivers and Recovery and just all of it, man. And I think time is our most valuable asset and I don't take that lightly. So thanks for giving me 45 minutes and telling me your story and, and being willing to, even though we had never met. You know, I appreciate you doing that for us. Um, and I'm, and, and certainly to our listeners, um, there was a lot of deep conversation there, but there was actually some solid takeaways in there that you can take and implement, you know, regardless of the size of your business. The mistake you can make is not implementing some of this cultural stuff soon enough. Right. You've got to do it quicker because it's already a pain in the ass to try and find employees and good employees. And if you're pumping money into them and trying to educate them and make them better, you can't forget, like they can't just be about, are they selling enough for you? You got to care about these people. It's got to be more than the money. 
reputation over revenue. Would you agree? I love it. Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks, man. We appreciate having you on. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you. Keep going kicking ass, man. I'm excited. Now you got a legacy, bro. Let's go. Now you got a legacy. We're connected for life now. You know that, right? Yes. Impact investment. Listeners, man, I hope you got some good takeaways like I did. I literally took notes on here and then emailed them to myself, so I made sure that I actually took action on it. But we appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for listening. We're live at RoofCon 2021, our first time here at RoofCon. That's an amazing guest. It's been really great. I'm excited. I know that Jeff's excited about this. Paul, it's great having you on. I see my man Aaron right now walking by. But, um, man, listen, keep leaving those reviews. Those reviews are what fuels our soul. Like that's the stuff that lets us know that the impact, the content that we're bringing to you is on point. And also our guests, whenever you make these review posts about our guests, we love being able to take those and share with them as well. I'm sure we'll get some on Paul. So until next time, gentlemen, we'll see you. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really Really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.